I've been trying to make this video about Twitter and Elon for days, but every time I open the damn app, the story has taken on a new and hilarious twist, which I'll get to in a minute, but finally I thought, frack it, let's just go, because I've been on Twitter since 2007, almost since the beginning, when the minimal viable product was basically just SMSing what you were having for lunch on any given Tuesday. Since Ashton Kutcher joined and the entire platform pivoted away from hyper-engaged nerds at conferences to celebrities with massive, passive followings and from developers to advertisers. Since Jack came back part-time a bit and it transmogrified from mostly spirited, good-faith niche discussions to often toxic, bad-faith trolling, harassment, clout-chasing, and through all of those, through all of those DNA digi-evolutions, I've gotten significant, life-changing value from Twitter. I got verified as a journalist, managed to build a following, made connections, and was able to bring an audience with me when I went indie back in 2020. And maybe, we'll see, now that I've gone to work at YouTube in 2022. But I've also constantly, relentlessly experienced behavior that's shattered my confidence in civility, decency, and base humanity, and gotten a horrifying glimpse at the kind of apocalyptic real-world harm online amplification gone unchecked can do to individuals and whole entire cultures just trying to live their lives to exist. Which brings me to this week, where it feels like I'm waking up to see what the Hello Fellow Kids fraternity is LARPing today, not based on what was on extremist news shows the night before, but what was in their incredibly tiny echo bubble mentions the minute they opened the app. What appears to be a completely underqualified group of buds just cosplaying product management through performative populist polls, price testing with noted social network savant Stephen King like they're auctioning off features at Christie's or something, which is either a 9,000 IQ social engineering hack or a 9 IQ Darwin award play, six to five and pick them. And let me know how that works for you. Because watching the Lords of Chaos fling every possible platform idea at the Twitter wall from LinkedIn style paid DMs to OnlyFans style paid adult video or bringing back six second Vine videos to compete with Instagram Reels and TikTok and YouTube Shorts, canceling the Substack newsletter clone the way they canceled the Fleet's Snapchat Stories clone, but strangely not yet the Clubhouse Audio Chat clone. It's like trying to make platform paella without a recipe or a fixed set of ingredients. With like zero semblance of big picture planning or upper brain mediation is absolutely entertaining for a while, sure. But after a few minutes, we're all kind of just Judge Judy slapping our watches for Dr. Fate to put his helmet back on so things can calm down because we've all got stuff to do. I mean, there's a reason the Cardassians, the Kardashians, the, the ones that still have a show don't get more than an hour runtime at a time. Now, I do agree with Elon that Twitter is incredibly important, not as some X app, WeChat, super service, unless part of the plan is to terraform the US into China, which or even Global Town Square, because it's only ever really been a very self-selected, incredibly narrow slice of the globe, or town, like the pub, but strangely never, not ever, ladies' night, a minority screaming so loudly, we constantly mistake ourselves for a majority, and stupefyingly somehow get covered as such 
by the completely opted-in media, but because it really is the only deliberately, primarily text-based social network, lightweight, semi-public messaging service. Not one that's too big or robust to fail away, although, from CompuServe to AOL to Friendster to MySpace to Dig to whatever Facebook's last quarter was, so many before it have been cast down and had their user base ruined just smote across the internet side, but it would leave a huge burning Balrog shaped hole in my life and the lives of many others if or when it does fail. And I'm not even worried about an $8 a month subscription fee either. I already pay for Twitter Blue and I happily pay for YouTube Premium, Nebula, a half dozen streaming services and a bunch of apps already. I'm happy to pay for the things that I use so that they're sustainable and I can keep on using them. But I think it's absolutely incontinent, incompetent, to equate subscriptions with verifications and super beyond cringe to market it as somehow giving fire to the mere mortals as long as they can pay for a match. Also misusing, mutilating the words freedom of speech to mean I get to say whatever I want without any fear of retaliation or retort, but you don't get to say what you want because I don't like it. When in reality, it is supposed to all be about championing the rights of those who disagree with you and fighting government overreach when they try to actively censor the free flow of ideas on the platform. And I don't even, I don't even really mind tech execs lying to me. I'm so used to it by now, especially when we all kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know that they're lying. But when they think we're too dumb to know they're lying and lying so contemptuously badly, that's just insulting. And a lot of this comes down to us because we empower it, we enable it, we become fans and stands of celebrities and billionaires and companies, and we give them unquestioned loyalty when in fact what we should be demanding is their loyalty, their service to us, not the other way around, never the other way around. But I think it does legit make a ton of business sense for Twitter to diversify their revenue streams so they aren't reliant entirely on ads and to gate based on more power user features, like for me in Twitter Blue, editing. Sure, half ads are all shades of weird, but I'm guessing the type of highly engaged user who'd pay for Twitter are the exact ones advertisers most wanna reach and are willing to pay even more for. So the bro squad don't think they can make it fully no ads, at least not with their current massive debt, which could also be full on supervillain level genius because how would we ever know what exactly half ads are anyway. It's got such based Mark Zuckerberg main character energy, especially since Elon seems to be all in on this weird meme character of himself that he's been playing on Twitter just to win troll cred in a game where no one keeps score and the crowd will turn on you any chance they get, even and often at the expense of advertiser, employee, user, and government confidence in him as a manager and his businesses as being well-managed. Like desperately trying to own the only apparent adults in the room, even when it ratios his own platform kind of vibe. And as a platform owner, even if you have no desire to be one of those adults yourself, even if you believe this whole entire reality is a sim, and you may as well try hard to respawn as tech Willy Wonka or whatever, you really do need those adults. They're the ones who are very carefully, constantly working their asses off to maintain the impossible balance required of massive scale user-generated content platforms. They're the ones who have to keep weighing the ever-changing wants and needs of creator confidence, viewer comfort, brand safety, and regulatory pressure. The ones who literally keep 
everything, the whole entire thing viable. Because if we ever stop posting stuff for people to see or for ads to run against or allow the type of onerous governmental oversight that's already attacking the First Amendment and Article 230 in the U.S. and barely restraining the rest of the world, which believes very much it's their duty to control this exact kind of platform, sometimes with massive fines, even jail time or worse, then we have nothing. It is game over for everyone. Sim ended. And we'll just be out a place to post and doom scroll through. I mean, other than Reddit, the current owners group will be out, what, one-tenth of 420.69 billion? And either way, anyway, I'm going to need just so much coffee to get through this, which is why I'm listening to James Hoffman's How to Make the Best Coffee. It's brand new. It's terrific. And it's making my daily walks and weekly flights just so much more enjoyable and educational. That's why I've been an Audible member for over a decade, way over, from bestsellers to new releases, memoirs of the rich and famous to the secrets of the very most successful. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the whole entire catalog, including those latest and greatest. And members also get full access to an ever-growing selection of audiobooks, podcasts, and originals to stream or download just as much as you want. You can even listen to the latest podcast like Stephen Fry's Inside Your Mind right in the Audible app. New members can try it out free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash Renee Ritchie or text Renee Ritchie to 500-500. That's audible.com slash Renee Ritchie or text Renee Ritchie to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash Renee Ritchie. Clicking on that button really helps out the channel and so does hitting up this video to learn the truth about algorithms versus timelines on Twitter and all of these social networks. So check it out and I'll see you in the next video.